Hello, folks. <laughs> this is DJ Aisha with Sounds from the Street. It's It's been a minute. Just getting used to being back in the studio here at 2781 21st Street. Uh, we're here in the, the Mission District where the last time... Um, the last time I was here in the studio was before Super Tuesday, so it's been a minute, um, but I'm glad to be back. Um, just to let you know what I've been up to, um, it was an interesting couple months, you know, before um, before COVID happened. Um, I went to uh, Crystal's wedding. You guys might know her. Um, she was my co-host for seven years. Love her to death. Anyways, went to her wedding, and then COVID happened about two to three weeks after, you know, that. So I was kind of playing it by ear to see how that went, and needless to say, um, it's still going on, as we all know, and um, I'm just excited to be back in the studio. You know, things are opening up here in San Francisco. Uh, we now have indoor and outdoor dining. Uh, there's a lot of people out in the mission right now. People are saying hello, um, whether they're homeless or, you know, people who live in the area. Um, it was just kind of, um, it's just kind of inspiring, I guess you can say, to make you think, oh, it's safe to go out because there's other people out. Whereas for quite a while, I want to say from March till about June, um, it was pretty unnerving. Um, I have to say, living here... Living in San Francisco since 2006, living um, close to downtown, you know, since 2008, it was it was a huge switch for me, to be quite honest. So I decided to go to Arizona for a couple months um, for the summer. The hottest, the wrong time to go there. Let me just tell you that. But it was nice to get away. Um, you know, things just didn't pan out the way we thought it would. So that was my that was my backup plan to the backup plan. Did a couple Instagram lives, so I'm hoping um, my guest today uh, is going to be Jeremy Serwer. Um, I hope he's open to doing Instagram lives. So I've kind of been using some of the downtime to learn a bit more technical things, and there's still a lot of things that I don't quite know how to do. Um, I am technically challenged. Keep in mind, um, I went to college in the mid-2000s. Needless to say, there's been a lot of updates since then, so I'm still trying to catch up. So uh, one thing that's really been getting on my nerves, <laughs> speaking of technology, one thing that's been getting on my nerves is figuring out how to transfer Instagram video to YouTube. Uh, there is one tool that I found that I was successful at, and now they're trying to charge me. So I'm wondering if that's just how it is. Nothing's free anymore. Um, I get it. I'm willing to pay for it because I think it's, you know, it's one of those things where I've always wanted to do, you know, live streams for you guys. It's just sometimes it's hard to um, multitask, I guess is what I want to say. But needless to say, I'm doing my best to try and, you know, take a giant leap into the, the 21st century, I guess you could say. Um, but fingers crossed, Jeremy will be open to it. Um, it's so interesting. Um, now that I'm actually my own boss, um, that was the other thing that happened in the time I was away. Um, I've always kind of worked, you know, more than one job, um, but it was 
kind of shocking when I did get laid off uh, from the staffing company I had been working for the past two and a half years in conjunction to resume writing and career coaching. So now I'm pretty much doing it all myself. So, you know, being here at Mutiny, it's been good practice, you know, kind of being your own boss, I guess you could say. <laughs> and I just want to thank Pam Benjamin for holding shit together um, through this pandemic. I mean, Mutiny Radio, in a way, is a metaphor for America um, in that when, when we switched from Pirate Cat Radio to uh, PCR Collective and then eventually formed Mutiny Radio, we had no idea how, th how long things were going to go. Um, it's just one of those things. You never know what's going to happen next. But here we are. Um, we're still around. And if you guys want to donate, um, you can go to our website, mutinyradio.fm. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. And there are all kinds of links on social media for our GoFundMe page. Um, you know, put your money where your mouth is or put your money where our mouth is because we need that money to, to keep it going. You know, nothing's free and we really appreciate your support. If you enjoy um, some of the programming, again, I've been doing some Instagram Lives. Um, I did do a great interview with Shahid Buttar, um, who's been at Mutiny Radio, um, or has been a guest at Pirate Cat throughout the years, so he's kind of a friend of ours. And um, I'm probably going to be posting that interview again, just so you guys have access to it. He's running against Nancy Pelosi, um, the Speaker of the House here in San Francisco in District 12 to be exact and I just think it's important for people to really think about um, with everything going on what are their values and what's important to them so I feel like Shahid is a really close match to my values we have a lot in common and I think he has a lot in common with a lot of San Franciscans at this point in history um, nothing against uh, Mrs. Pelosi we all look up to her or a lot of us look up to her and respect her but anyways um, that's just something I wanted to share with you guys. That was kind of one of the highlights for me over the past couple months. And now I'm going to switch gears and read a little bit of music news, kind of on a, a lighter note, right? <laughs> Trying to stay away from all the other things that are going on. But needless to say, they might come up. You never know. It is what it is. So in music news um, from goodoldenemy.com, um, as you guys might know, uh, Crystal and I would read stories from Enemy, Consequence of Sound, um, I think Pitchfork was another one um, that we like to pick from sometimes, so I'll try and keep mix it up for you guys, just so you know. Um, it's been a little bit difficult to try and get, um, to get some artists on Instagram live. A lot of them are kind of old-fashioned in the same way that I'm old-fashioned, where I was like... You know, you do a pre-recorded phone interview, or they like to come into the studio. So, so there was kind of, you know, that that aspect to our show. So, I guess because of the pandemic, I'm trying to branch out. But you know, it may not happen overnight. It might take another five to six months. Who knows? But anyways, um, as you guys might know, uh, Dave Grohl was challenged by music prodigy Nandy Bushell. Um, who is amazing. So they've kind of been having this back and forth um, online. So um, 
So the, the new story that I'm about to read for you is music prodigy Nandi Bichelle returns the favor and writes Dave Grohl a theme song, and it's appropriately titled Rock and Grohl, the Epic Battle. So the ingenious little number aptly titled Rock and Grohl, the Epic Battle, comes after the Foo Fighters frontman honored the 10-year-old by composing her own superhero theme. Very fitting, right? Sharing her original song to YouTube, Bushel wrote, Mr. Grohl, the song you wrote for me was truly, truly epic. You really are legendary. I wrote a song for you to say thank you. I made up and played all the instruments myself, just like you. It's called Rock and Grohl, the Epic Battle. I hope you love my song as much as I love your song for me. Whoever wins the round, it's been an honor to battle you. The rock gods of old are happy. Thank you, Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. Uh, and then you can watch Bushel Rook out in her purple superhero cape below. If we have some time, I might try to play that for you guys. In August, Grohl responded to a challenge posed by Bushel in which the aspiring rocker challenged the 51-year-old to a drum-off through a video she posted of a cover of the band's hit, Everlong. Last month, Bichelle then followed up Grohl's effort and counter-challenge when she dressed up like Dave Grohl and took on the Foo Fighters' dead-end friends, imitating almost every move Grohl makes in the music video. Checkmate, she said, before adding, the rock gods are smiling upon us. Of course they are. Bichelle has been impressing music fans for years with her renditions of top rock hits. Oh, I didn't know that. Her take on Nirvana's In Bloom went viral, and her performance of Queens of the Stone Age, No One Knows, was lauded by the band. That's awesome. Actually, now I have no excuse. I kind of have to watch those videos, right? Because she's only, what, like 10 years old? That's crazy. Let's see, what else have we got for you in the news? Um, here's one. I actually, I'd heard of Billie Eilish. I don't know if you guys are familiar with her, but because a lot of us were watching the Democratic National Convention um, and she performed her song, I was very, I felt like, wow, I could, you know, I'm 34 now, but I could definitely relate to her, her attitude and her style because that was very much what I was doing 20 years ago. Um, you know, in the early 2000s, the late 90s, early 2000s, when I was in high school. So, good for her. Anyways, uh, so Billie Eilish launches voting initiative. Right now, you gotta give a fuck. I think it is incredibly important that we all involve ourselves. Um, this article is from TheEnemy.com by Will Richards. And I also just want to say... You know, she's very like, I'm not, sh I'm not showing off my body. You can't tell me what to do. So again, I found that very relatable. Hopefully other uh, girls and women find her relatable as well. Uh, Billie Eilish has launched a new voting initiative encouraging fans to vote in the upcoming U.S. election. President Donald Trump is set to go head-to-head -head with Democrat candidate Joe Biden next month. Well, this is an old article. That, that already happened, right? I wish that I didn't have to be making this video, Eilish said in a new Instagram post announcing the initiative, because I really wish I could just not give a fuck and it would be fine. I wouldn't have to worry about any of this stuff. But as much as I don't want to be involved in this fucking shit, same. 
as in politics and as in this election, I think it's incredibly important that we all involve ourselves. Even if we'd rather stab ourselves in the face than talk about it, we need to talk about it. There's a lot of that going on, right? She added in the caption, it's so much easier to not give a fuck, but right now you gotta give a fuck. I mean, that's the way to get through to young people. The initiative asks fans to text Billy to 50409 to find out if you're registered to vote, and if not, receive instructions as to how to register. Earlier this month, Eilish joined the likes of Taylor Swift, Quavo, and her brother Phineas in backing the Just Vote campaign. Artists involved offering exclusive experiences and rewards from dance lessons to private gigs to signed instruments to those who check their voter registration status through the Just Vote initiative. Frank Ocean also recently launched his own initiative ahead of the election where fans can learn if they're registered to vote by visiting his blonded website. Debates are on. It all feels fake. Thank you. Uh, the problem th the problem is that it's not, Ocean wrote in an Instagram story. Donald is president and might not lead the White House, even if he loses the race, so some say. Please vote. Watching him dragged out will be way more entertaining than these debates. I don't know about that. If you're not registered, swipe up to blonde.co. The form just takes two minutes to fill out. Good night. Okay, well, at least he kept it short but sweet, right? Well, anyways, um, I think what I will try to do in the meantime is uh, get this video up for you guys. And thanks again for tuning in. Um, just bear with me. This is my first show live in the studio since the end of February, which was kind of daunting, needless to say. Um, it's also been kind of an experience doing the show on my own again. So as you guys know, there's been periods of I'm doing the show by myself or I'm doing the show co-hosting, which is obviously slightly easier in that format. Um, but anyways, stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio.
right, all right, all right. Jeremy Serwer, he's in the studio. Mm. When was the last time you were here? 2008. Wow. Yeah. That was right before I started here, and I had just moved into my brand spanking new apartment, which I still live in. Oh, yeah. And it was right before Obama got elected. Wow. Wasn't that a different the time, time? The times they are changing. <laughs> but I appreciate that song. I wonder if it was inspired by our conversation about Nashville. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a song. It, it's, uh, it's about, it's about a, actually a, a dog pack I worked with in Seattle. And I oftentimes will write songs, to, like instrumental music to dogs for some reason. So mm -hmm. I don't know if it was about... Nashville, but I mean, I definitely have brought my dog through Nashville when I've when I've gone through there, and I should write I should write a song about that at some point. Yeah, it sounds like you've lived in many places across the country. We were talking about Tucson because mm -hmm. my mom is now a resident of Arizona, mm -hmm. and you happen to live there for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And apparently, there's a really great music scene there. So I'm excited for things to start opening up more, especially the music scene. You know. Oh, absolutely. If, if you uh, get back down there, you, you should uh, check out all the stuff on like Fourth Avenue and, and some things. And they really, I know that there's been some major changes in, in the downtown and everything's pretty accessible. Mm -hmm. But so, so many good clubs like the Hotel Congress and uh, I think it's called the Fly Swatter, the Fly Catcher. It used to be called Plush Sounds and uh, the Rialto and uh, some other that's kind of a bigger venue and just a lots of little neat little places and and uh, and the music is just all over the place you know it seems like it kind of has that portland vibe of musicians making the music that they want to make and and uh, making it well and not worrying about whether if it's you know commercially viable or not so did you ever go to the i noticed that there was a fox theater there i know there's like a network of them mm -hmm. across the country but i was like yes i need to go to the fox theater in tucson I, I don't know if I was ever in there. The town, the downtown is so small. It like, is. You're just like, wow, it that's is. that's it. And it's you know you've been like cities like Tulsa or something that's about half the population of Tucson, and their and their city centers are, are much bigger than there. So, yeah, it's it's you know everything on that skyline is pretty. You know you can remember most of it, and mm -hmm. uh, you'll have to uh, you definitely have to get back and 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 do more when you get back down more. there. So much yep. to explore. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit what you've been up to uh, musically and artistically during the pandemic. Well, I, I uh, fortunately and unfortunately, you know, we went into the shelter in place in uh, March and I walked dogs when I wasn't doing music. And, uh, you know, as soon as that happened, I had, you know, had kind of had some music brewing and uh, I hadn't really been writing music for about three years. Hmm. And uh, so, you know, it was just so grateful. I was like, wow, I got some ideas here. And, uh, you know, I thought this is one of my favorite cities on the planet. Why not, you know, write a, a musical tribute to the city of San Francisco? And just some of the memories, you know, I've had. I've lived here on three different occasions, you know, from... The 90s, I lived here for a couple of years, and back in 2008, I was here again, and then mm -hmm. I'm here now for almost three years, the longest stretch that I've ever stayed here, and I'm like, well, some of these memories are times, and some of them, and all of those times are about specific neighborhoods, which kind of is what I love about neighborhood. Each one is, or each of San Francisco, each neighborhood is a very specific kind of a feel, you know, and, and so totally. it has a character that you're like, oh, I want to try to capture this. Um, you know, 
I was always hoping, it was like, well, I'm doing this, so it'd be great to, you know, maybe it can happen now, mm-hmm. um, is that, and I'm sure people have, have done it, I think Mark Eitzel has a, has a record called San Francisco, I don't know if, I haven't Sounds delved, familiar. yeah, I haven't delved fully into that to know kind of what he's, what he's talking about there, and Mark Kozalik from Red House Painters and mm. uh, Sun Kill Moon, he's definitely written a lot of yep. San Francisco-centric songs and, and whatnot, uh, but this is all instrumental, and it'd be like, well, let's see, you know, this maybe this is a soundtrack. It's supposed to take yeah. place in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. and, it, and it goes through to the end of the day. You come over the, the Bay Bridge at dawn, and you are venturing out north uh, on Golden Gate as you, as you uh, say goodbye to the city, and then all the neighborhoods in between. And some of the historic, you know, some of the characters that, uh, that have, you know, lived here and that are no longer here. It's about Aww. that, too, so... But it's all instrumental, so you know, yep. just the title gives you kind of a cue into what, you know, you might want to think about or what you don't have to think about, and you know, <laughs> so it kind of leaves it open. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's it, so it, much to think about. Unfortunately, I don't know about you, but I'm that person. I'm like, well, what about this? And yep. why haven't I done that? And when can I do this? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like slow your roll. Is there anything <laughs> in San Francisco that you know, having lived here so long, that you haven't seen or done? Oh God, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of restaurants that I haven't been to. Mm. Um, I've never been to the Academy of Sciences. Mm. Um, so ma- I'm sure there's so many things. I know. I have it's, a laundry it, list. I'm, co- I'm constantly looking up, like, I'll, I'll, not, not so much now during the pandemic, but Googling, like, you know, what are the hidden places? You don't yeah. even know you should know them all by now. But there's always, you know, you'll always uncover something. I mean, it's, it's just really it's impossible to, to see it all. You know, you have to, I've walked the, most of it. Yes, but still same. haven't. There's still lots of little areas I haven't covered yet. So maybe maybe some new songs will. It's like it could be an endless supply of, of music, you know, uh, yes. as soundtracking. So so great. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned it. I that's always something that I wanted to do but never had a chance to do. Mm-hmm. But because I'm no longer working for the man, mm-hmm. um, I walked all the way to Golden Gate uh, Golden Gate Park mm-hmm. from downtown. It's like eleven mile walk, and I was like. Oh, that wasn't that bad. I could do that again. Oh yeah, yeah. It's well, it's very inspiring yeah. once you get going, and the hills kind of like you know they they take some out of you, but you know you you just feel inspired to you know like I got I got a destination and I got to get there, and if you got some music on or or whatever you're yeah, doing, you know, and you can kind of that's your companion or you're or you're talking to somebody, and it's just like it's I don't know. I, you can do that in other cities, and I, you know there's lots of places on this planet I have never been to, but. San Francisco is always a place I'm like, wow, this is just so entertaining. You know, I never get tired of it. And it's like, I've barely left the city. I went to Santa Cruz on my birthday. Nice. And that's about as far away that I've gotten <laughs> from the city. And I'm like, wow, I could just have a vacation if I ever have one. I mean, like, we kind of had one. And just go to different neighborhoods. That's kind of what I see as a vacation. I'm like, well, I don't need to go very far. There's lots, that's of, lots, true. Of, lots of places I don't, I don't go to. The, I haven't been to the Mission enough recently. I'm glad to be down here now. Me too. Yeah. Well, it was a hot spot in the beginning, so that was another reason why I didn't physically come here. But mm-hmm. I was doing, I think I mentioned, I was mm-hmm. doing you know, Instagram Live and mm-hmm. trying to become more technically savvy mm-hmm. because I am probably more old-fashioned coming here mm-hmm. to an actual studio yeah. and having a, you know, a one-on-one conversation. That's how we learned how to do things. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I know you gave me the option to do this over Instagram, and yeah. I'm just like, well... Not really. You no, know, I haven't been here. In, I haven't been there in so long. Is it still in the same place? I'm like, you know, is yeah, it was it was it was. And uh, and I was just like, wow, 
you know, you walk in the door, and some things have changed about it. But yes. But there's a lot. A lot, lot more art. Yeah, there's a lot more art. It's a, it's a lot less like a, a Nazi concentration camp in here. <laughs> it's very lively. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. <laughs> you know, I guess if you, if you spent more time here, maybe it felt like that. Back I, I, when I started, I was a little terrified. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure. Um, I, I had just uh, graduated from college. Mm -hmm. It was kind of, you know, getting my feet wet, so to speak. And I was like, let's try this Pirate Cat Radio. Mm -hmm. Anthony Bourdain's been there. Can't be that bad. Had, had he been here? Yes. Wow. I didn't he was know that. here, I think, 2009. Wow. And I think it's, I could send it to you. I think yeah. it was uh, No Reservations. Yeah. We were on one of those episodes. So it was when we had like the cafe. Right, right. People get their uh, bacon maple latte, right. which it wasn't real bacon, but mm -hmm. that's a whole other story. But it was such a great idea. I mean, that was the one great idea that the guy who started Pirate Cat had was. Mm -hmm. You know, to kind of bring people together in that way, even mm -hmm. though the way he ran things wasn't necessarily democratic, mm -hmm. is, is what I'm hitting at. I gotcha. Um, but now it's, you know, it's it's so, it's so much better. The woman who runs things here, Pam Benjamin, shout out to her, mm -hmm. she actually started here a couple of weeks before I did, so we're kind of um, survivors, right. <laughs> I guess is, is the right word to use. Um, and people come back and then people go move on and do their own thing or go on to other, um, there's other, you know, stations in San Francisco. Maybe you've heard of them. Oh yeah. Radio Valencia. I hope they're still oh, around. Actually, I don't know that one. I think they were located on Valencia uh -huh. for a period of time. Again, I'm not sure. I hope that they're still around. Um, then there was FCC free radio. Mm. I didn't know that one either. Um, yeah, there were a couple like offshoots, like people would, you know, move on and 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 do. I mean, it's so much easier to do your own thing now. But I love coming back here because it was having that that interaction, you right. know, that that community and doing the live performances and yeah, that I, was, you know, it's it's a great space. I'm like, it just kind of gave me a charge just walking through the door because it's, like, <laughs> it's been like, I mean, I've driven by it a number of times. I'm like, what yeah. is it still operating? Then I would oh, see that that it you know the name had changed and and, uh, yeah. and the rest of it and uh, I was just like well this is this is great that it that it's around I'm like we're still I, here yeah yeah I mean I've seen the stations and I you know when I put the record out I of course uh, approach places you know that are not in the, like Kapu and um, they're still KUSF around. I walked and, right by it. yeah and the, and 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 then of course all the all the other Bay area radio stations like CalX and KZSU down in in, in the at Stanford and, and whatnot and Foothills, you know, but each each station has a different format for uh, original and kind of somewhat local music. So, but we have one of the perks that they don't, which mm -hmm. is we can say whatever we want. That's cool. Yeah, you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have SEC license just breathing down your throat on. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, which is which is really really cool. I mean, there's I, that's why I, when I lived on Potrero Hill, I did tune into the station because I could get it. That's and, right. I think know, we were on eighty nine point. Nine or eighty-eight point nine? I yeah, can't it remember. It was right before I started, but I was like, "This is, you know, this is like unheard of." And he was broadcasting here and in Los Angeles, actually. Is that, yeah, I, I did see that on there. So uh, I listened to it when I was still living at home. I was like, it, "What is this?" So most people are just are they streaming now through yes. uh, Mutiny Radio dot com or is yes mm -hmm. uh, Mutiny Radio dot fm, and then we actually have our own app, which I think I downloaded it. Oh, if I you haven't, you should download it. Yeah, we'll it. definitely do that. There's a lot of great programming. There's music, comedy, mm -hmm. theater. There were some cooking shows for a period of time. Right. 
you know, doctors giving advice, you mm-hmm. name it. Very, you know, we, we cater to everyone. You got a good variety of programming. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's good. I mean, I remember when I used to listen to it, it would be just like, all of a sudden I'd get a, a pretty good strong signal and it would be punk rock. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I just remember driving up and down Petro Hill and just hearing like some of my favorite music from, okay. you know, the 1980s when I was, you know, in high school and just, you know, yeah. living in the Midwest and, and like really getting into Black Flag or the yes. Circle Jerks or, you know. They're, they're making a comeback, it sounds like, or a lot of those bands. Um, I don't know if it's because of Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I was trying to kind of... Oh, it's all kind of coming back. Yeah, d- definitely. Like, this returning. was all in the past, right? Like, this is when I was born, but now it's kind of, like, coming full circle in oh, a sure. way. Yeah, I've been definitely feeling that the bands that I like of now, like like Idols or Daughters, uh, Daughter and uh, Human Impact, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like mm-hmm. they have this amazing grit and angst that they're expressing, and it's just like, wow. And it doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, it's definitely those Folks are, I'm sure, huge fans of, of 80s, you know, and 90s punk and hardcore and, and metal, but it feels like they have a whole new um, approach to how they're, they're it's, it's definitely innovative. It's got, I don't know, I don't think that that music could have happened then. And, I, huh. and it's interesting because I, I was trying to think of, like, when they look back at, at this time, you know, the, the, the last four years, and they say, what will, they, what will be kind of the signature of art from now uh, that will stand out? And it's kind of... Like, I'm reading articles on, on musicians, and they felt kind of this defeatist attitude. Like, do you sing directly about the things that are happening around you? Or yes. do you create uh, more of an <laughs> escape for people and comfort food and, in mm. your art and film? And it felt, you know, honestly, I've, it kind of feels like the last four years up until more recently, I felt like a more of the comfort food. Yeah. But you know, you can't, you can't know everything that's out there. This is true. You can't, I mean, so I might have been tuning into exactly the wrong places. So huh. I'd love to hear, you know, all the stuff that I missed, um, you know, for sure. There's so. some stuff out there, especially, if, you know, because of Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. um, you know, the the, hip, the genre of hip hop and mm-hmm. R&B. Um, a lot of people are using, you know, Instagram and social media to, to speak out. So maybe mm-hmm. they're not necessarily writing a song about it, right. but they're, you know, trying to use their platform for good right but i hear what you're i hear what you're saying it like kind of seems like oh we're just quiet everyone's just quietly sitting in their corner right right which kind of goes back to my comment about how i've reached out to some of my contacts who Mm -hmm. were um a lot of the contacts i've built over the years from Mm -hmm. being here are pr right or marketing right i was like hey do they want to go on instagram Mm -hmm. and like you know shoot the shit Mm -hmm. talk about like what's going on Mm -hmm. Radio silence. Right. I've only done one Instagram interview with a band um, who are amazing from mm-hmm. Los Angeles mm-hmm. called The Only Ocean, and they're you know up and coming and uh, getting a lot of uh, radio hits uh, you know on K Rock and stuff oh, like great. that. Oh um, great. So that was that was refreshing. But other than that, mm-hmm. it's, maybe it's just because you know we're we're rinky dink mutiny radio here. <laughs> In San Francisco, but we still, you know, we still believe in free speech and we still want to, you know, give artists, you know, the chance to, to, you know, tell their story. Because honestly, I feel like since I started, there were so many different options and now it's like, where are they? Like, Mm -hmm. there's not that many options left. It's kind of scary. Even you can't even get your news for free anymore. Right. Local news. Is that right? Oh, that's yeah. true. Every time I like I on my phone, I have to I would have to subscribe to the San Francisco Chronicle or something. And so you know, so my yeah. perspective is you know even though it's you know it's uncertain it's scary 
you know, I consider myself, you know, a pseudo journalist to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm going to go to these marches. I went to the basic income march um, two weeks ago after I came back from Arizona. Mm -hmm. I felt it was important because of things that are happening. Like this is, you know, this is an issue that, you know, Andrew Yang was talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I was never really involved in politics. I'm mm -hmm. just going to be honest. Right. But the past few years, I just started thinking more about how, you know, what is our society doing now? What was it doing in the past? What mm -hmm. could we be doing? Right. So there's a lot of coulds. There's a mm -hmm. lot of opportunities. Yeah, things so. I think are going to, I think are going to, this is a, this last month here and, and, the, and the months wrap, you know, kind of ramping up to the election, I think is, yeah, sure. and whatever happens after. You know, whatever the whatever the results are, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely are, are uh, you know, doing all that we can to make sure that the you know the demon doesn't doesn't remain in power, and 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 most of hopefully you know what he's brought with him goes too, you know. But if they Please. don't, you know, we got we got to think about like what are we gonna do, you know? What I mean, are we gonna do? Is, What's these, the you know, next step? You know, you got to be prepared for that because if you're not, like, I think it's just you know, you're sticking your head in the sand, you know, just. It's just not. It's just not going to be a good time. It'll be a lot of people scrambling to kind of figure out. Wow, we what never expected this. You know, the, for the second time that this was going to happen. You know, and right. um, yeah, I, I'm hoping that cities um, and and more you know democratic places in the in the U.S. and that's really what I look at it is. It's, you're either pro-fascism mm -hmm. at this point, or you're pro-democracy. You know, yeah. and that's and that's kind of what it's come down to. I can't even imagine what four more years of, of a Donald Trump presidency would look like. You know, you have to, no, but you thanks. have to, you have to think about, you really have to think about like, well, all the courts, probably the majority of, yeah. of federal courts will be Supreme stacked with, with activist right-wing judges. And uh, I'm sure that our environment will be in its worst, you know, potential place that it could, could ever, you know, ever be. Yeah. And, uh, you know, racial tension, I'm sure will be absolutely at its worst moment in, and decades, you know, right. and I don't want to be in a doom and gloom space. Yeah. But you have to think about well, what, what, where could it go, and what, what can you do, to make sure that you're not going along with it, and that you're not a defeatist and kind of, you know, being crushed by the reality. You know, there has to be right ways to fight back. So absolutely, you well, know, I music have... is is is, a, is a, as good a way to do it as, as any any other, and I, and I'm hoping that you know, just like during the '60s, uh, that music sparked all kinds of revolutions so that, you know what you know, amen yep um you know for instance joan Baez. Mm -hmm. uh, she was at the women's march in 2017 i had no idea but that was like a pivotal moment for mm -hmm. me like joan Baez mm -hmm. is here right <laughs> oh yeah um that was very inspiring to me and then learning more about her she was at the march on she was at many of them but um, the March on Washington in mm -hmm. 1963 with Bob Dylan. Right. Um, you know, pe you know, certain people were there at really important moments in history. So that's that's really kind of kept me on point. Like, okay, these people were facing things that seemed uh, like they were, you know, society wouldn't be able to move forward from that, and they right. did. Oh yeah, you know that's where that's where it happens. I mean, now it seems like it's been the athletes who have been, yeah. you know, kind of holding it up their end of things, which is it's happened before. I mean, it happened during that time too, and yes. during the Olympics and the, and the rest of that, Ali. You know, athletes were definitely doing things. But it's interesting to not see it come as 
wholeheartedly from musicians and artists when they have the platform. And I think it's kind of a, it kind of says something about the state of music and I don't want to be a downer on this, but I feel, I feel like in a lot of ways, um, <laughs> um, musicians are so very careful now that if they say something that's that, the key word that right people there. don't like careful. that they're going to alienate potential fan base. And it's like, you know what? You oh got to make God. you got to make the people around you who are going to understand you. I mean, you cannot uh, you know s just make kind of candy coat what you're going to do in order to fit it into a certain box that everyone Thank you. can you know feel like, "Oh, that appeals to me." Cuz it but it, well, what is it? Is that art? Is that really saying something? No. Is it is it pushing any boundaries? Is it so no. I'm hoping that, you know, that's kind of and regardless if if Trump were to lose, it's still I think that kind of music still and art and the rest of it should still be going on because there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work to do. Yeah. I agree with you there. Um, um, but anyways, hence, hence the reason why we're physically here yeah. at Mutiny Radio in the Mission District in San Francisco, um, a city that we love and we're, we're telling our story and we're yeah. also giving our, our uh, much needed perspective. Is there any way to play anything off of uh, the new record? On, there is. Uh, there's, this is one thing that, another reason why this record is kind of fun and it's instrumental is that you can kind of get out there on the titles. Um, one of, I lived on Ninth and Howard and-, and uh, Not in, too far from you. That's right, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, that's why I would, I, I'd come down on the mission very often when I was living there. Um, but it's, you know, you know that neighborhood, it's kind of like this convergence of like, You've got like three different rehab and like addiction clinics, and then you've got the whole booming tech industry going on, right, and those Twitter. things just kind of, yep, intermingling. And uh, you got people zooming by on their scooters, and they got their they got their sunglasses on, and their ears are plugged up with their ear pad, you know the, that's me. yeah, and they're just <laughs> kind of they're just you know they're just kind of going about their life, and then you've got the person that's down and out who's going about their life, and yeah. then not that much interaction between them. Uh, yeah. And that was something that was like, wow, this is, I don't know, this feels, you know, There's not so good in some, some ways. Some missed connections. Right. So that's the, that's the, one of the tracks on there and it's called, uh, um, the, it's the corner of ho homeless and tech and uh, Selma. I think Selma. it's track five on there.
Hello, we're back. It was a wonderful song from what I could hear. Just kind of clanging away in the, yeah. in the earphones <laughs> as we talked more about politics. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's like the live, what people hear on the air, and then what people see on Instagram. They can see all the behind the scenes. Do they? Do the people? If the people are listening, do they know where to go to watch? Yeah. What, mm-hmm. Okay. Because I post, I post about it, so they, they better know. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at a phone. I'm like a good twelve feet or yeah. so away from it. You know, right there. there's I'm the He's white right mask in the corner with the hand and all the rest of that. And we have masks. We on do, too, and we're so we're. We're definitely, we've got about eight feet here. We're definitely yeah, adequately we're socially, socially distanced. Social distancing. I was almost going to be like, how do you feel about taking masks off? And then I was like, you know what? We just met each other. Maybe yeah. next time. Next time. We'll do- <laughs> yeah, if you had me back, I'd, I, you know, and maybe we'll be in a better place with, uh, at least like California went over 800,000 infections, I think, in, oh, wow. in the last uh, three weeks. Oh, no. I know San Francisco, I haven't saw what the numbers are here uh, recently, but they were not, you know, I mean, it's been... They were smart about about things. The deaths yeah. are relatively low mm. compared to Los Angeles County, right. yeah. the state of Arizona, for instance. Right. So you're right. Maybe in hindsight it was a good thing. But how do you feel about um, the reopening process here versus the rest of the country? Like Arizona, for mm. instance, like let's just reopen I, everything. Let a rip. Hold yeah. the phone. Let's close things back up again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it's a hard decision to make, and I think that you know you're to err more on the side of caution, and you know maybe people get antsy and they you know like in Michigan they have to load up you know with the, with the automatic rifles and head on down to the to the, you know the Capitol building because they can't they can't get a haircut Sorry. or whatever. I don't know what they're exactly protesting, and you know they're feeling anxiety. I'd imagine There's anxiety. And, I think uh, it's the psychological, mental aspect of the whole thing, mm-hmm. which which I get. I get why they're doing it. Right. Um, get why people were going to Sacramento even like you got to reopen blah, blah 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 it's because we our country didn't have a, a plan for something like this right yeah and I, I I just remember I mean my wife is Chinese and so you know the, we were and she's from a region that's uh, further east than Wuhan uh-huh. but close enough um, so her parents you know and we were getting the news from there mm-hmm. and we knew kind of right away that hey, this is pretty serious like this isn't like wow. You know, there was 3,000 deaths there in, in the beginning, and they, they did a really good job, you know, and, and for some unfortunate reasons that their government has a lot of control over the people, and the people don't tend to question it, or, you know, the masks or going out or the rest of that. They stayed in their homes for two months, and mm-hmm. now my wife is in China again, and sh- there's people only wear masks when they're in the subways, and everything is open up pretty much full bore and uh-huh. in, in regions that, you know, and that's a... The whole country has all of their urban zones are so dense. It's like it's kind of an right. it's kind of an impossible thought. Like how did that how did this go so well there where where it potentially originated, and it's gone so poorly here. You do, know? You, do you think from my experience from mm-hmm. what I've I've never been to China but mm-hmm. I've been to Japan, mm-hmm. um, just their their culture in in China specifically has mm-hmm. become. Uh, they wear masks because of the air quality. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, because of the, you know, I don't know where it comes from, from man-made. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're know, doing all the, oh, they're doing all our, they're producing all our crappy, shitty plastic goods here, and, and right. they pay the oh, price right. for what we, what we, you know, reap the benefits of. And so, yeah, they're, and yeah. they're, I mean, their air quality was, um, I remember being in Beijing, and it was about in the 500s, where that's where, like, Portland was during the, the yeah. you know, the height of, the fires in the Seattle. last three weeks and stuff, and 
you know, that's sustained. And now, now that's, they've improved there. But yeah, the people are used to dealing with all kinds of environmental issues, uh, you know, and, they, and they're willing to kind of, okay, well, this is being told to us. I don't think, you know, the government would lie. And they're just, you know, I think there's a little bit more pressure for them. There's huge repercussions if you don't follow the protocols that they, they have. So it's, it's uh, you know, that's one, one thing, too, that I, I don't think most Americans feel like, you know, I don't think they don't, they're going to get a, a ticket very, you know, that's not probably something that's like in the back of their head. Like if I don't wear a mask while I'm right. running through Golden Gate Park and, yeah. you know, uh, you know, the worst they're going to get is some, you know, mean mugging or something. But they're not going to see the face anyway because it's behind a mask. So and some people just don't care. Like I know, I know that I feel like mm-hmm. I have to wear a mask mm-hmm. when I go outside and if I having trouble breathing, I'm right. going to take it off for five seconds right. if there's nobody in my immediate vicinity. Right. But I get what you mean. There's because legally, legally they can't mandate it on mm-hmm. a federal level, right? I, I don't know exactly what it, what it is here, but it's. I just feel like, and it's really up to the. You know, I wouldn't really want to see honestly police officers going around and hassling people. And you're living yeah. in San Francisco, where most people are are going to, they're pretty smart, and they're going to just make the right decisions probably in 90% of the cases, you know, and they're going to care about the people around them. I mean, yeah. that's what I've seen at least. And, you know, I, I don't see people getting angry about having to go through this right now. And we don't know, you know, I see that I, I kind of keep up with what's going on local to some extent on, on this whole thing, but mm-hmm. I think some of the, I think now uh, restaurants are open. Is that yes. the case? So Yes, it um, was, you know, three months ago, back in June, four months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, five months ago, mm-hmm. uh, it was pretty much boarded up downtown. Yep. Yeah, there I remember. Was nowhere to go. I remember seeing that. And um, then I was like, I think I need to go. And then when I came back, it was like the parklets, mm-hmm. all the restaurants have taken over some of the curbs, right. which is kind of nice to be honest. Yeah, but it's good to see it. It's good to see it. I'm, what I'm hoping is that now that that's like that, that maybe there can be live music in that yes. kind of. I mean, it's like. You know, what better way to kind of advertise for your business and get people looking your way than having some live music going on? Yeah, like outside. Yeah, I mean, know. it's all open air uh, places and, you know, it's, I don't know, each neighborhood's a little different in how much space they can, you know, have in the street and whatnot. But it's, it's uh, I think it'd be a good opportunity for San Francisco to kind of, you know, do those kinds of things. It's like, you know, you could employ a musician, you know. And I see what I'm seeing, though, other things, like with arts, is I'm seeing more murals, and I'm seeing kind yes. of like, you know, so I'm hoping, like, there's some, you know, that could kind of turn into, you know, a, a good opportunity for musicians and artists to kind of get something out of this, you know, and, and, and it'd be, you know, the city can kind of help them out. I mean, I don't yeah. know what the community is, is like anymore. I've seen, you know, as, you know I've, obviously there was a huge hiatus, but... Uh, uh, but I, you know, all of all as this has happened, I was like, oh, there's, you know, no one's gonna have money, no one's gonna buy instruments. All of these, you know, guitar yeah. stores, and they're all gonna go out of business. And it's been exactly the opposite. I mean, these places have, yeah. I mean, people are, yeah. I'm hoping it's like a lot of people have, you know, like they've kept themselves occupied by playing music or getting into some kind of thing that they maybe used to do, and 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 just re-exploring it. And I hope that once this is over. It doesn't just kind of get relegated to a closet or wherever else. They, they kind of this is a this is a thing in their life that they continue to do, right. you know. And and uh, and you know all these guitars and instruments don't just don't go back to the pawn shops or back. Yeah. To, you know, I mean it's that's a good way to pick up some, you know, lightly used gear at a lesser price. But 
But at the same time, it's like I would rather have more people exploring their artistic side, you know, with, with some of the free time that's been afforded to them. UBI would be a great program to supplement for that because it is a way of supplementing your income. <laughs> and, what's, and what's that? Universal basic income. Oh, right, 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 right. So Andrew, part of Andrew Yang's plan was if he was president, he would pass legislation or he would try to get less, uh, a federal mandate where everyone would get $1,000 a month. Oh, right, yeah. So I remember hearing that. Yeah. being an artist, I could imagine having an extra $12,000 a year. You could easily afford you know, new equipment to a certain extent. Oh, right. To tour and right. get your uh, equipment uh, that know, you need. It's kind of scary. Sounds almost kind of like a socialist idea. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, like in Europe, I know yeah, there's, the there's musicians. there's other countries and, that are trying it out. Yeah, they help. I mean, they, you can get a stipend from, I, I, I've, I've had uh, friends that, you know, either grew up in, like, if it was, I can't remember the country, but they, you know, they were given like $30,000 to record their second album, you know, oh, from wow. the government, you know. Nice. <laughs> It is. I mean, it's Can obviously not going to happen for everybody. I mean, it's pretty strict, and they're very like you know yeah, quality control is. Yeah, yeah. You they have to really appreciate you. So I think that's that's kind of I think arts are in a really different space there than they, they are here. It's like yeah. And some of the Europeans really look to Americans because it's like, well, you guys are just you know, gung-ho doing this uh, without any kind of support other than what you can kind of generate for yourself. And you know? that's the thing. It's like we're not really being supported. I mean, there are people on unemployment, uh, mm -hmm. the PPP loans. Right. I guess some of them turned into grants. Right. But I'm not really sure how many businesses are getting those loans because a lot of them went to the, the – I don't oh. know why. They went to the big corporate yeah. entities. And they weren't so responsible with the <laughs> – they, they bought their stocks back and – didn't they, yeah. yeah. So so that part was really screwed up. But I'm thinking, well, maybe a program like that would, maybe they could test it out with just people in, yeah. you know, you know, the industry and yeah. music, artistry, you know, podcasting, you name it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you should start on a local level. You just go to London Breed or whoever else, you know, is a city manager, and just be like, hey, let's let's try to let's try some new things out. And uh, yeah, they're. Do you know Matt Haney, or have you heard of him? I don't think so. He's a district supervisor um, uh, in, uh, what do you call it, District 6, I guess okay. you could say, uh, Tenderloin, which is right next to where I am. Right. And he's talking about guaranteed income, which is a little bit different, but that's huh. to help people who right. really need it uh, so, versus so universal where everyone would get something. Right, so but they can... Like for single room occupancies and, and kind of the housing in, in some of those areas. Exactly. Yeah, that that would be that would be good. I mean, I think that's what the thing is. It's like if in with homelessness and all the kind of economic issues that San Francisco has, it's like the and in LA is having similar problems. It's like the only way that you know they, they have budgets for this, but the only way that it seems like they could solve the problem is to make it profitable to build affordable housing or to create a program where people are going to get their needs met. You know, and it's just, it's kind of the sad thing. You got, you got a limited amount of space. You got 8,000 people who are on the street. You got another 8,000 are in some kind of, you know, transitional housing or mm -hmm. not long-term housing solutions. You know, if, the, if yeah. that ends, then you've got 16,000 people on the street in total. Right. And I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm it's sure. It's a crisis. Yeah. But it totally it's been is. going on for so long. Right. I mean, probably even since I lived here, moved here. Right. Or maybe you've seen it. You've seen the city transition. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the numbers are higher, but I think it's just the visibility, too. It's just, you know, you, you're in zones where, you know, there's so much uh, traffic. And then, and, uh, you know, on Market Street or just like a block off of Market Street and having lived around there. I worked with street kids for 
four years of my life. Yeah, there's a booming, ominous booming sound. I was like, is the mm. end of the world outside yeah. or around the <laughs> so is, Something's coming down. Live. Something's coming down. Jeremy and Asia, yeah, in it till the end. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting what San Francisco does. I mean, now it's like, you know, as, as it comes back to life, you know, when people are not living in hotel rooms anymore or wherever else they've been housing them, it's like, you know, are they maybe this is a, a good transition into a whole new kind of way of dealing with it. And, uh, yeah, it's, I, mean, I hope these people are really forward thinking. I'm glad they got the DA that they wanted uh, with Chesa Boudin. I mean, I, it's, it's weird. I keep wanting to see... You know what what's been brewing down there as far as you know uh, since he's he's been the DA uh, um, you know if, if that if if he's made some major strides and, and changes I mean I did see something about how bail or some of uh, cash you know, bail is that yeah that's is that that's happened I think it's on the mm -hmm. on the ballot okay yeah, from what I've gathered there's a lot of stuff on the ballot people if you yeah. live in San Francisco um, <laughs> I'm a little nervous about it, so I'm going to attend a webinar that's going to walk me through, like, mm -hmm. this is what this is for, and that's what that is for. Is it, yeah. have you, have you, do you are you mail, uh, voting by mail? Have you already received your, your ballot? I haven't gotten my ballot yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't Hopefully either. this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's like, it's been great, because I voted the last two times by mail, because I've been here for almost three years again. How did it go for you? Oh, it was, it was great. You know, it's like when I... I just go right to the Green Party, <laughs> just you know, all the way Love. down. So, so that's you know, and that's how I'll be doing this time. And I'm, you know, there's some, you know, uh, Shahid Botar. I've, I've met him. Yes. And hey, I interviewed him. Is that right? Yeah, yeah he's I've great. heard him on all kinds of stuff. I mean, he seems like I met him at, in uh, at the Hate Street Fair a couple not this last summer, but the summer prior. Oh, neat. Yeah, and he seemed like a really good guy, and he's I really I kind of put him through his times. paces. What's up? He's been to the station over the years too. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like he's been on Useful Idiots and Rolling Stone, that kind of thing. And I, I've seen him on The Intercepted. They've they've done some interviews with him, and mm -hmm. um, you know it's it's good. I mean, I'd love to see him take Pelosi's place. You know, we'll something see. different. Yeah, apparently for sure. she hasn't done a debate in my entire lifetime, so that yeah. says a lot. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with you. I mean, you've got. I don't think she's a representative of of where we are. You know. It, you took the words right out of my brain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> can we can we play something uh, yes. else from the? Yes, let's. I was gonna say, why don't we play some music? <laughs> Is there something that comes to mind? Yeah, we're gonna go to um, it's a it's a song called India Basin. It's track nine on on here, and uh, that is about the neighborhood, and it's just like, I, I think the music can speak for itself. Mm -hmm.
that ending. It's all about the ending. Mm. <laughs> but I, I like it. I could, you know, I probably should be listening to music like this when I'm working. I'm, I'm actually a resume writer and a career coach. And sometimes when I'm just in my element, like scheduling or mm. writing, it's like you need, you need something different to like motivate you. Would would you know songs with with uh, with singers? Do they, is that distracting when you sometimes you know, those singers man. sometimes they need to keep their mouth closed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just like a human voice just immediately kind of like yanks your ears away from your your task, you know, and, and you yeah. can kind of let that instrumental music can kind of like mm-hmm. become the soundtrack of your of the next resume you're writing or. or uh, well, it kind of reminds me when I started paying more attention to music, mm-hmm. like the Nutcracker. You know, when I was nine years old, oh, yeah. for some reason, I just, like, grasped onto it, which I don't know if that was weird, but back then, oh. it was, like, music and books. Oh, yeah. that's a, I, I remember going to see that as a kid in Chicago, and I was just like, oh, my God, this music. And it's always stuck with me, that, like, Peter and the Wolf, you know, just certain, I don't know, it's just, it's kind of the music of your childhood. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, I, for, at the time, I guess it was just meant that, the, for, especially with the Nutcracker, that Christmas was coming, and there were going to be some gifts, hopefully. And sweets. <laughs> yeah. Pumpkin pie. <laughs> God, everything is made with pumpkin now. It wasn't always is that, always yeah, that I, way, I, right? I've never really jumped into that one. I, I don't. I'm not. I I like pumpkin seeds. Like that's one. Of, that's my favorite part of a, the pumpkin. I had a shake from Shake Shack, which mm. I shouldn't have, but it was really good. But they made it with the pumpkin. Like the pumpkin seeds were in there, and I was like, "Holy crap! Yeah. I'm eating the seeds too." <laughs> oh, they wow. Yeah, so I was like, I guess they put real pumpkin in there. Because yeah. sometimes I'm like, maybe they just use the puree, like mm-hmm. whatever's quick and fast. Uh, the taste of, of fall. The taste of fall. Um, squash is really good. I should probably get some squash. Oh, man. Well, now you got you got all these restaurants, you know, hopefully you can get in there and, and support them and, and yes, all that. Yes, that has been my plan. What's the food? Um, you know, have you gone to a restaurant yet since? I haven't physically gone in, yeah. but I've ordered... Uh, to go, I went to Cha Cha Cha. Okay. And uh, Hate Street, there's one close to yep. here at the Mission. Um, I think there's another one too, but those are the two I know of. Um, but I don't know, something was like I haven't been there in so long. So I went um, last Sunday, and it was super busy. They had mm. their tables um, outside, mm. super packed. Um, really good service right. too, considering it was a Sunday during the rush hour. Um, but it's just so satisfying. Well, yeah, well, you're <laughs> sitting there over three months, and there's, like, certain food that you're just craving. You're like, yeah. oh, and this that opens was up. It. You know what's weird, though? I've had kind of a different reaction. I've just, like, we've been eating at home, and I've gotten so used to doing that. Like, really? I'm like, I've got, I'm kind of like, wow, I don't know. Pizza. And, and I had to get a burrito, and I had to get, like, there was burrito. certain, you know, there's just certain food, like, there's no way I'm going to make that anywhere near as well as, as all the options that you have here and i'm just like so that that has to happen and but it, you know other, other than that it's just like it was a, it was a good, a good way to i mean I didn't go out a ton before that but like living in north beach and on the cusp of chinatown it's like you had so many options to, yeah and it's all pretty reasonable in chinatown it's just like oh my god there's just so many you know so many good things that you can get for a tenth of the price of you know other places and it's that's like true very nutritious good food so really yeah. true so many places mm-hmm. and a lot of places have you know signed up for um what do you call it uber eats mm-hmm. you know all those get things all your deliveries and stuff but the thing is i think that they get fleeced if they use those services is that right 
Yeah. Yeah, I've always kind of wondered how that works. You know, it's like I, um, still getting kind of the groceries delivered and stuff, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, each one of these new apps and and uh, how how good they are to the to the people doing all the doing all the work for the most part. It's right. Because like, you know, even though San Francisco is one of the few places that has a quote unquote higher uh, minimum wage than mm-hmm. the rest of the country. It's still not a living wage. Oh yeah, you need it. Yeah, I mean, if you, if, I mean, if we if we calculated it, I, I'm sure I'm sure people have like what you need to make. Yeah, uh, I wonder what it is. It would probably be close to thirty dollars. I was going to say thirty or thirty-five dollars an hour sounds about right for one person. Yeah, for one person, not for a family. And it's like, I I mean, it's crazy. I for the first time of really, I mean, I watched the rents here religiously but it, just seeing them go down yeah and seeing that there was a, a major <laughs> thank you for exodus of, you know i saw some story was like one in every 13 people were breaking their lease and really leave and this is probably in april or may or wow. something and i was like wow that's that's a lot of vacancies yeah. and then people selling stuff and it's just like wow what, what's the turnover because there's never going to be a time where san francisco is vacant it's just like the next people are it's they're waiting their turn to come in so yeah. i'm hoping you know, it's a good thing. We're gonna get we're gonna get a different. I mean, not not that those people were necessarily bad, and I'm don't want to offend them. You know, as they as they're gone, but you know, maybe we'll get some more artistic folks and and people who are kind of you know, I don't know. Because I really want to stay here, but mm-hmm. I've, to be honest, I live in a really small apartment, yeah. and I've been wanting to move for a few years now. Yeah. So I'm thinking, well, maybe I can swing it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you know it was, I mean, it's, you know, it's changed and, uh, you know, that's the thing here. It's like, moved back here three years ago and moved three times since then just to get, you know, kind of where you're like, okay, this, this can work for, for a longer period of time. But it, I always feel like it's just my turn, you know, and then it'll be, I'll be gone again. It's like, I think I was here okay. for a year and a half was what was my longest period before this. And then mm-hmm. there was eight month period <laughs> before I moved to Tucson. Oh. And it's just like, you know, you're like, oh, cool. I get, I get my time, you know, and then it's, then it's over and. And then I think about the place, you know, like every day, and uh, it's it's kind of one of those things. You just have that that San Francisco daydream of like when you come back. You There's know. so much variety. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. It's I love to travel. Like that was one thing I've got to do. What other city would you live in if you uh, could live somewhere else? Probably New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, like, there's nothing that compares to that city. It's just, I mean, San Francisco's great, but I mean, in New York, it was like mm. you could be out all night. Right. There's 20 restaurants, mm. you know, on either side of the street, and the, the music, yep. and the, uh, so I still haven't done everything, and I've been yeah. there four, three or four times now, I think yeah, four times. My, my dad grew up there, and uh, he would never take us there. It's just like, he was, <laughs> yeah, it was, he was like, we, he lived in D.C., yeah. and he would... His, his explanation for why we weren't going is because we'd be in traffic in, in D.C. And he's like, see, by the time I put my foot on the gas and the, and the light turns, you know, green, mm-hmm. if we were in New York, all of these bad things would happen. And it's just like, and he grew up there. And so for him, it was like, it's not, it's not, you know, he didn't, he That's escaped, funny. he escaped New York and his, his mindset. But it's like. Interesting. Yeah. I guess, um, well, my family came through Ellis Island. Mm-hmm. So they. They stayed in like Little Italy, but it was for a very short amount of time. They didn't end up staying there, which I thought was interesting because mm-hmm. I think a lot of, especially, um, uh, people from Italy, mm-hmm. from Sicily, mm-hmm. from different regions in Eastern Europe, where my family's from, mm-hmm. but they were like, nope, we're going to Chicago. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, that's, 
So I just always thought that was interesting because it felt like, wow, there's there were so many of us on the East Coast and mm-hmm. still are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of them moved on to like Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Illinois, um, that area. So that was, you know, it was just part of the history. But yeah. I just can't knock Chicago. Can't knock Chicago. I mean, that's where I grew. I was there until I was about nine years old, and uh, so cool. It's a it's a it's a really amazing city. I think you know it kind of gets in the middle, so it gets overlooked a lot. But they have a tremendous music scene, and and uh, you know just always you know things are happening. It's just and it's so spread out. It's Very just it's the most out. you know. I, I had to know. take I had to take Uber because I think where I was staying it was like really far from from where everything was right. near the water. So mm-hmm. I was like, I guess I'll just Uber there because I didn't know my way around. And they were like, don't take the train. Yeah. Don't take the train. And so I only took it once with um, a friend of mine who um, I went to high school with and she was living there. But I was like, this is cool. Like, oh, You got to take the L. Yeah, yeah. you took the train. Um, but it was fun. I had a good time. Uh, I went like uh, three years ago. Yeah. So it was Nope. But um, no, I had a good experience there. I definitely want to go back. So I just, I just miss going places. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah the traveling that's been that's been hard. Like the last time I was in Chicago was 2013, and I had that was kind of my turnaround point for my tour. I'd done a tour from Seattle. I was living in Seattle to Chicago and back, and I ended up doing about yeah. three, three gigs in um, in uh, in Chicago, and uh, it was like wow, you know, I hadn't really spent much time there. I toured out there in 2005. When I was in a different band, and, I, and we did a couple gigs there then, but it's it's just like that, you know. You need about four or five days to kind of feel like you've done enough right. things, mm-hmm. you know. And if you know where to look, um, and, and especially kind of the music that I listened to growing up, of like industrial and and kind of more of, you know, the thing I feel like Chicago really produces really well is kind of that dirty, gritty electronic sounds that, that mm-hmm. kind of come out of a, a city like that. Um, nice. It's just like the trains crashing overhead and just the city is just i don't know it's it's got something about it. if you you know it, it's 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 very in a dark in a beautiful way i don't mm-hmm. know how to how else to put it but it definitely yeah. this this kind of dystopian future that exists in the present you know so i, I can definitely see that yeah it's just a bummer because i was like ah, i wanted to go to have you heard of the riot, riot fest i think i have it's been mm-hmm. happening there mm-hmm. i want to say the last 10 years maybe a little bit less than that I had mm-hmm. s- I had so much fun. Yeah. What, <laughs> like, what bands were playing? When- um, Bad Brains. Oh, nice. Uh, Queen. I saw Queens of the Stone Age, Peaches, oh, wow. MIA, Nine Inch Nails, Ministry, wow. New Order, and I got to see them all for free. So I was like, this "It's a free is- festival." Or you had like? I had a free pass. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, "This is better than Outside Lands." <laughs> And I've never gone to that. Hell? I've never gone to that. It's yeah, it's yeah. okay. What's unfortunate about Outside Lens is I guess the the age group that they cater to is probably like more like early to mid twenties now. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Um, but the headliner on Sunday is usually good. It's like Paul Simon or The Who mm-hmm. or who I was lucky enough to get to see. Um, Nine Inch Nails, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Nine Inch so Nails played the Outside Lands? They played Outside Lands, wow. yeah. Elton John and Stevie mm-hmm. Wonder. Well, those those are huge, ago. huge acts. I, I always think of like Hardly Strictly Bluegrass or the Noise Pop Festival or... Uh, Noise Pop is really good. Is it? Yeah, I and I still haven't gone. There's so many things I, I haven't gone <laughs> to see here. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I've been back for three years and I was living right around the corner from Slim's. 
Oh yeah. Still didn't see anything there, and now oh, are they, it's so gone. Slim, yeah. I have some memories from Slim's. Yeah. I saw, um, I saw like the Buzzcocks there a oh, couple man. times. The Damned. And especially with is it yeah. Peter Shelley, he he died in the last uh, he year. He did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would have been amazing to see. That. I was a huge. He became a, a much bigger fan of theirs uh, later on. It's just like I mean, I listened to him in the '90s, but it's just like mm-hmm. it's just one of those things that just comes back, and when it comes back, you're like, wow, the musicianship and the songwriting in that band and magazine. We're just, really great. you know, mm-hmm. fantastic stuff. It's just each song on singles going steady is is a masterpiece. Um, it's wonderful. There's that record store in uh, I don't know if it's still in Seattle, but it's singles going singles steady. Singles going steady. Yeah, yeah it was a cool punk shop, and they had a lot of lot of stuff that you know we were talking about where you, unless you had the vinyl at this time, you know the pressings just weren't going to be enough. That they, you know you'd have to hold on to it because it's just yeah. that's it. They're gone and unless someone was nice enough to put them, or, or not nice enough to put them up digitally you know that music yeah. is is just in those collectors hands you know or it's on ebay yeah <laughs> there's a band called worm which was on sst I've which heard is of them. yeah w u r m and then oh, umlauts over the u and uh it was members of black flag and some other people but they they uh i remember getting a sst blasting concepts uh mm-hmm. compilation when i was pretty young and i was like man i've looked for that album just religiously, every every six months or so, I'll just look for it again. You know, <laughs> it's like maybe it's out there. I'll, I'll be at Amoeba, and I'm like, maybe it'll be there because it's like, yeah. I've crossed my fingers so many times going to Amoeba looking for something, and probably 85% of the time they have it. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 and it's stuff. It's like wow, this is, you know, it's not. It, it's pretty lucky. I feel pretty pretty lucky. <laughs> I mean, they it. just had an article recently saying, and actually the past couple of years they've been saying that vinyl has surpassed. You know CDs for the first time since like 1986. Uh, I don't doubt it. Yeah. So I was like, hmm, I yeah, guess my records are worth something. And the, you know, for the artists now, it's like it was a kind of like people thought it was very cost prohibitive to do it, but now it's not so. Now it's not so bad because there's so many more, you know, places that you can probably get things pressed. Right. Um, so it's you know, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a good thing, and I think a lot of people like their artwork larger. And their print larger, and just kind of the smell and the whole experience of, of it, and listening to you know listening to it, um, yeah. And it feels different at different times. Like there's certain things like I can listen to nonstop at a certain you know period of my life or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, you know what? I just can't listen to that for a few months. I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. So it's. I mean that I think hasn't changed, but being able, how I access the music has definitely changed. Um, it's definitely easier, um, you know, utilizing YouTube or, mm-hmm. or Spotify. But yeah. then I think about the artist. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm so glad I spent years, and I try to do it even now when I go to the shows or see if they have like a Kickstarter or GoFundMe. Like, oh, that's try cool. and give uh, money to the artist because I know that they got screwed over by Apple and Spotify only ah. gives you like certain cents per song this is oh and it's it's quarter it's it's quarter like a fraction of a cent but it's what i heard recently that really irked me about spotify and i'm not not a fan of joe rogan i accept his place in the journalist world but he was given millions of dollars on a contract i'm like how do you how do you justify that you got one personality where you're just gonna give them you know a huge payout and then you're just the rest of every the radio heads even the you know bands that are no longer with them for that very reason uh you know it's 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 kind of a that that didn't make me so excited about about it but 
But I, if you're, where else do you find music? I mean, that's the thing. Is like, how you know, how else are you able to get exposed to all of what's happening, especially when there's 500% more music out there now than there was 20 there, years ago. And that's the thing. I think there is good music out there. For me, it's literally, it used to be when I would go to shows and I would happen to go early and see some of the opening bands. Mm. There's some great bands out yep. there. But now it's it's a lot harder because there's so much noise. And like I was saying earlier, it's so manipulated and controlled now. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to to find it, to mm-hmm. be exposed to it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, for a while, I was working at night. I worked at this place in, in uh, Portland, and it was a mm-hmm. transitional youth um how, you know, transitional housing, and, and uh, yeah. I would, in, you know, work overnight, and I would put Pandora on. This is like 2007, 2006. Oh, I remember Pandora. Yeah, it's still, and that place is still happening. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, you know, that's where I, that was another place where I just was like, well, I can just plunk this in, this artist in, and I'll get 15 other artists that I may or may not like that are kind of like that. And right. then that, that was a year that I remember going to Everyday Music in Portland and buying about, you know, more music than, than I ever had in my entire life, even when I, when I lived here. You know, and I'm like, or what? You know, li- living in Seattle, having KEXP, where they have this tremendous, you know, performance space, mm-hmm. which is actually Life's not that much smaller than what you have in here. <laughs> so it's kind of it's pretty cool. Um, um, hopefully, we'll start doing that again. You guys have an open mic here. We do. Mm-hmm. We some, we have bands. Um, you know, I don't know if we've done it recently, but we had bands performing in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of stand up. Um, some of the people who work here are very. Uh, have a lot of connections in the underground comedy scene. So oh wow! That's, that's been one of our secrets here. How we're still around. Is that is that that's been happening since? Yeah. The, okay. Yeah. For the past at least the past eight years, I would say. Maybe but seven it, years. Post COVID, is it is it? I mean, is it? Um, she's been doing it outside. Okay. Cool. So. What what is that? Is, can it be known when it happens? Yeah, she oh. does it. I think she does it Friday evenings. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she does it during the week too. But you can find out. Mm-hmm. Um, on our social media pages, Mutiny mm-hmm. Radio, um, and then our website is mutinyradio.fm. Very cool. So we're always doing stuff, and um, yeah, we hope to be doing more. Like, <laughs> I hope to be doing more. Yeah. Um, here, we, we did the Instagram. Unfortunately, it only goes for an hour, but we kind of tested it out to oh, see wow. how it worked. We kind of didn't even notice it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, we weren't distracted by the by the phone screen staring at us and, and right. lo- looking at ourselves, and it's still looking at us. Because <laughs> I Gosh. try and use it more as a tool, but I mm-hmm. know that it's kind of been propped up as you know, everyone's a, a narcissist. But I tr- I try and, and at least use it like, here's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. If you really care what I'm doing? Here you go. Yeah, <laughs> well, people can tune in, and if they want, I mean, it's. It's interesting. I mean, I, I know all these things are happening, but I, I have, you know, my my social media is probably YouTube, you know, and, and that's and that's kind of as far as it goes. It's no longer Facebook I was kicked off of and Good. Twitter I was kicked off of. Amazing. You know, when they want you to upload your photo ID so they can see that that's really you, it's like... Uh, Did they do that? Yeah, they, well, to me, they, they were doing... You can block out your address and, and you know, important oh, information, but they, they want to know, like... You saying that stuff about so and so, you know, th- this wanted, politician. Or... I kind of wanted them to do that to me, but mm-hmm. they haven't yet. You know, I don't know if you. Well, you know, just so you don't have to be on it anymore. Yeah. Oh, you can just not be on it. That's I like. I remember. <laughs> I just think that's been a freedom for me. I mean, I've t- I've talked to I talk to people on the phone, and I, mm-hmm. you know, I have you know, just like everybody else that has left 
that world. You know, there's they, more they, and more of it too. I'm surprised, uh, but I'm like, well, how do I get my events? You know, out yeah, you there? Can, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and for musicians, it's not. A, it's kind of a kiss of death because it's like you know, you you don't have any way of promoting. It's like, yeah, you know. And I'm also not working in the same way that a lot of musicians are. I'm not. A, I'm not a 20 year old that's like, oh, gotta gotta conquer the world and you know this kind of a thing. It's like, I'm just making music now because it's it's fun and you know there are things like Bandcamp, which I think is from Oakland or they have yep. an Oakland they location. Have their own space. Yeah, and they've been doing some great things for artists. They do some free days for where they don't take a percentage of, of uh, the sale and, and it goes all the proceeds go to, to the musicians, which is really cool. That's um, yeah, and it's that's a that's a, a good business model. You know, if you're not, that, that's great. You can put that up there. You don't have to pay anything ahead of time like you might on a CD Baby or something like that. Yep. And it's up there and, uh, you know, you share some of the, of the, the cost with them. And, that's, and that's, that's good. You don't, you're not paying up front, which you should never do as a musician. Never pay to play. That's my, that's my one uh, piece yeah. of advice. I wish I could say the same because I'm trying to get the word out about my business. And mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty much like how much you're willing to pay or right. how much you're willing to spend on advertising. Oh, right. So I gave in a little and then I gave in a little bit more yeah. and then I gave a little bit more. But now uh, I'm in a good spot where I'm like, okay, it's, it's now showing some results. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, and that's the thing is it's like, you know, music is, is one of those things. It's like, it just, you, you could spend a ton of money. That doesn't mean it's, it's ever going to turn around and make you any money back. You there, know, yeah. it's just, it's art is, it's, it's very subjective and it's just like well do i feel like that i want to contribute to that or not and i'm glad to see there's musicians kind of figuring out like i feel like musicians and artists and people who are freelancers always have to figure out mm -hmm. what's the next thing that's going to happen that i have to prepare for and yeah. be on top of yeah. to, to maintain some kind of income through this and i feel like yeah. those this is this is how you learn about marketing here <laughs> not marketing but just everything <laughs> about how to make a living at this is just like anticipating what will happen next. Oh, CDs no longer are, are, are really a viable source of income because people can just download music for free. Or you have to go on tour and you have to sell merch because you're not selling any records. And you're just yeah. constantly learning ways to retool it. And, you know, hopefully, you know, you have another job that you love a lot and you can kind of, uh, you know, support your habit as a musician. Uh, but the people who are doing it full time, and especially right now, it's like, yeah. wow, how are they... You know, like I was telling you, unemployment. Um, unemployment. <laughs> but if you don't have, if you're, if you're not, a, you if, know, if they weren't employed before, and most people aren't declaring their taxes, and they're getting, you know, they have to kind of get really kind of uh, creative with how they de declare or not declare income. You know, they're they're kind of just left in the lurch. You know, and, and yeah. uh, that's unfortunate. So I, I'm I'm curious as to what uh, people have been doing, you know. I'll let you know because yeah. this is all brand spanking new to me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and it's not I'll just the artists and musicians; it's anybody who was freelancing that yeah. you know couldn't, you know, or was. Because before it was like, well, I'm not really taking it seriously because mm -hmm. I had another job, I right. had a full-time job, but now it's actually the opposite mm -hmm. where I got laid off. Mm -hmm. So now I have to take the side hustle and put everything I have into it. And hopefully something happens, right. you know, by the end of this year, beginning of next year, once the economy starts opening up. Right. Um, but that's, I mean, that's resumes in general, but maybe that's for every business right now. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that, you have to get creative in your thinking. <laughs> how are you going to work around it? I mean, I work with dogs and it's just like, okay, we were off for three months, you know, and while well, we shelter in place, I made the record, which is really cool to have that time to do that yeah. and get 
the company that I worked for had enough employees and I wasn't a private contractor, although I was trying to do that before this happened, but I'm glad I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got the CARES Act and then I was able to get nice. unemployment and not, and not do anything except for spend, you know, months putting this together and doing something I love to do and technically get paid to do it because you know? <laughs> nice. I didn't have to, I didn't have to show up somewhere for, you know, five, six hours a day doing that. I was able to do this. I, I'm, I would guess that there was a lot of situations like that where people were kind of had the right, it worked out well for them. I think my I situation so. was pretty good. I, I would say that I, I wonder how often that, that happened. I didn't get the $600 a week, you know, kind of I thing. I know. I yeah. actually got laid off like right when that ended. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of like watching what right. Congress is doing right now. Like, hey guys. Yeah. That's, that'll be interesting. <laughs> Remember me, your constituents. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if, uh, if that can even, you know. I, I, if it'll happen. Yeah. It's a big if, right? I keep seeing these stories like, what will the, will the next stimulus check be? And it's just like, and then it's just that never even materializes. Yeah. It happens one time. I don't know. We shouldn't hold our breath. No, I wouldn't. You know, it's, I'm sure they're just kind of like, let's see how well they can do without the money. And let's see let's how, see how, how the long they'll wait before goes. there's people in the streets, you know, and people are going hungry. And, you know, if they can stave off the evictions, maybe, you know, that that will keep people kind of more okay for a while i mean you lose your ha- you lose your roof over your head that's a oh man yeah and i think the election has something to do with it yeah unfortunately for sure. i think you know even with things that are going on with the president i'm kind of suspect oh yeah yeah i i, I don't fault <laughs> you for that i i so. definitely was like this is some kind of stunt yeah like show me the show me the yeah. friggin test because it's like mm-hmm. i don't i don't trust it and it's a good way to get out of the debates when you've completely just you know yeah shot yourself in the foot all, uh, every time you opened your mouth. And he said he doesn't want to leave office. So yeah. what, a, what a better way to do that yeah. than to set up shop in the hospital Yeah, just not talk to reporters, yeah. not give them the information. That's right. We don't know what's going on. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. You know, you'll get differing. Uh, I get news coming on my phone from all over the place, and some are like, he's doing, he's doing better than he's ever done before. Well, not that, but just like, he's doing great. And then there's other ones, he's on oxygen. So you're getting really conflicting reports on what's going on in there. Like, what and is really going Twitter, on? Twitter's like, no death, no congrat, no, like, celebrating the death of anybody. That's one of their, uh, you know, one of the things that they're, they're putting out there. You can't, uh, you can't, uh, you know, pre-party for, uh, the, you know, the potential outcome of, of what's going to happen there. But you got to know, I think even the Republican Party uh, would breathe a sigh of relief if he was in some way not able to do the job, you know, from here on out. I feel like they would feel, even they would feel like, wow, the pressure is off. And I just look at that. I look at the way the Republican Party is. It's like you either get in line behind this guy mm-hmm. or you're out, you know, or you become part of the Lincoln Project. You become part of the 7% of Republicans that are never Trumpers. You know, I'm not huge fan of the dnc and, and the mainstream democrats but Same. even amongst the left you have a lot of healthy and varying opinions still happening right. you got the progressives you got you got people of the green party i'm sure they're a very small percentage and you got some of the independents What's the green party yeah and you got you know you've got you've got yeah. some variety and you got people who are willing to criticize each other yes you know and so it's you know it's you know that's i criticize i criticize both mm-hmm. of them at the debate Mm-hmm. Even though it was overwhelmingly, yeah. you know, on one side, yeah. let's be honest, a lot of us don't feel represented right now. Oh, no. I mean, this is this is a vote against tyranny. It's a vote against, you know, a form of uh, 
you know, neo-fascism, you know, and I'm, I'm, there'll be neoliberalism coming, you know, if, if you know, with Biden, but he's, he's, you know, this is, this is what you got to do, you know, this is, this is the unfortunate thing that you got to pull the lever on this one, and, uh, and, you know, for the younger people out there, uh, you know, I hope they get out there, I really hope that they, they don't lose their steam and just not show up to vote, I mean, they're going to be the, a major factor in how this election goes. It's like go out it, and vote, people. Uh, it'll be incremental, incrementally or vote by better. Mail. <laughs> yeah, it'll be incrementally better on the policies. Yeah, uh, you know, and and uh, but we'll we'll get some better environmental things happening. Well, the racial tension will hopefully pipe down a little bit. Hope so. You know, and and you know there'll be some some better things you know happening. But you know the people on the left, further to the left, you know progressive. They can't take their foot off the gas at all here. You gotta, you know, gotta maintain the pressure. So where can people find out more about you online? Oh right, <laughs> nowhere. <laughs> I have no online presence. Well, I, I have a website, and it's just jeremysurwer.com, and that's just uh, my full name: J E R E M Y S E R W E R. Yeah, it was easy to find you, like a website and stuff like that. Yeah, and um, then the Bandcamp is what I've been putting things recently. I, okay. I just because it's like I said. It's free. I try to make my re records for as minimal as I can. I, 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 I shouldn't even say this, but this record cost $39 to make. Nice. Yeah, because I did everything. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's just like as you go along, it's like when you, you know, the two records I brought in for you that I made back in 2010, you know, I would I would even be embarrassed to quote you what that cost to make. You know, so it's, you know. I'm glad it was that simple. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, you do everything yourself, and that's not necessarily the best way to go about making, yeah. you know, music, because you should have Backup. some, you know, not created in a, in a vacuum. It should be kind of put out there, and, and but it's just, you know, if that's your process, then that's the way you do it. And, uh, you know, there's been some major jumps in technology. I'm not a drummer, but I can utilize, you know, Logic Drummer and kind of program faux drums. And that's the one big thing. You live in an apartment. And you don't want to spend thirty-five to a hundred dollars or more an hour in a studio space, you know, recording drum tracks. Uh, this is, you know, a, a passable way of kind of getting it done, you know. And it's okay. it's it's one of those things. And there's AI mastering programs, and that's where I spent my thirty-nine dollars. <laughs> was paying Lander, uh, it's L-A-N-D-R, a company that I can't remember where they're based, but they have, I call it, it's Master uh, Robot Master. But you could say that Robot in a very master. different and not so not so uh, PC way that would would sound a little lewd. Um, but it's the, that's the thing is you've got access to all of these tools now yeah. um, that a lot of musicians in the past probably you know would have liked to have had. And so some things are cheaper and some things are more expensive. So awesome. Yeah. Do you want to close this out with a with a song? Or yeah, let's do something track? off of here. I. I uh, Maybe we'll have those in the future, right? Let's do uh, let's do the last track on there, which is going over Golden Gate. Nice. Well, thanks, Jeremy, for stopping on by. Oh, it was thank a you so much to for have you. Oh, thank you, and thank you for letting me get a little bit preachy. Of course, <laughs> anytime.